Hi there, MMBC family. It's good to be with you today through our midweek discussion as we recap our sermon. Our sermon this week was in Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 20 through to 22 through 24. Before we get to that, though, I do have to say this. We did Super Bowl predictions in one of our podcasts recently, and we are recording this the day after the Super Bowl, and it needs to be known that of the four pastors, I'm the only winner because I picked the Rams to win can't remember what score I said. The score was less, I believe, than what I had predicted, but more than what Scott predicted. <laughs> he was 3-0. to zero. Bengals, loss. You predicted the Bengals as well, Dave. Pastor Dave, wrong. And Spencer, who would have been, I thought, more equal with me, was wrong and proved to not be equal with me. Well, th- this is one of the I, – I said this earlier. This is part of the thing, though, where like eschatology, when we talk about – the already and the not yet. Yeah. This is part of the the not yet, but there is a perfect world coming. What's the not yet? Uh, the not yet is evil is still winning um, <laughs> in the world, and so, but it will one day be put under the feet. So yeah, you're just, just take mad. comfort. I lost, but at least I'm not bitter about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, St. Louis kind of got a victory last night. The Rams, that used to be St. Louis. Yeah, no? yeah, it did. I mean, the um, Lions are doing that. We kind of got a Super Bowl because Stafford won. We're all kind of celebrating like we won. St. Louis isn't doing the same thing. Well, no, yeah, we're not doing that right now. We're still, uh, well, you know, again, we'll, we'll see You're what happens. Still? We're still happens. Okay, we'll all right. Anyways, so sorry. We don't that have had to talk not, about that anymore. I needed to bring that up because if we did it in a podcast, it would have been way down the road and people would have forgot. So <laughs> I wanted to make sure we well, brought the, that up. But they need, we need to wait and let them know there is a USFL podcast coming up. That yeah. will be coming Michigan up. Michigan Panthers the heavy. Michigan Panthers. We will be talking about that. Jeff Fisher. In April, Jeff Fisher, USFL <laughs> return. We'll talk about that just a little uh, coming up here. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. That's our little side note. Uh, today our focus is Ephesians 5, verse 20 through 24, and we have some guests with us because we're, we're in a section of Ephesians about now Paul is saying, if this is true in your life, if, if this is what Christ has done, if you, are a bo- if you are a part of the body of Christ, this is how it's going to play out, which I'm actually very thankful for that we don't just have in the Bible all this high talk, all this theological talk, and then we're left to try to figure out, well, how does this play in real life? How does, how does this then affect my relationships or how I work or these different things. Paul and the other the other writers of the New Testament oftentimes are saying, this then is how this is going to play out. And so this is the section that we're in when talking about our relationship of marriage, which is a foundational relationship within our society. That's why, again, I've been trying to teach as we've been going through this and point out that it was created within creation before sin. It's not something that we can take away and say, oh, it's just old-fashioned. Oh, it was just made for that culture or that time. No, it was established with creation. And so the marriage relationship is something that is very important and needs to be very important uh, to the life of the church, but even for society, for society to work well. It's kind of interesting in some of my studies, maybe Spencer would know this a little bit more, or maybe you, Pastor Dave, but it seems like in the Roman Empire and some of these empires that were very strong, it says when they started to fall apart was when they started to attack marriage, when they started to attack sexuality. All of a sudden, you start to see a decline start to happen, and it's because this is what God has designed for society to flourish. And so then as Christians, we need to know, well, then what what do we do within this marriage relationship? What is it all about? And so we spent... Last week, two sermons ago, talking about marriage, how was it established, what was it for, we kind of answered some of those questions. But this week, focusing specifically on verses 22 through 24, which is concerning wives in marriage. And so that's why uh, we have uh, three ladies with us uh, today. We have Pastor Spencer's wife, Courtney, uh, with us. I don't know, you want to say anything to see if the mic works? Testing. testing. <laughs> okay, okay, we're good. All right. Uh, we have Miss Alicia. This is Pastor Scott's wife. She's here with us as well. Are you excited to be here? Yes. No, that was a lie. Okay. All right. Working we, on it. Yeah, yeah. You'll be more excited by the end, I'm sure. Uh, we also have Miss Kara Schramm, who is our women's ministry leader uh, with us. Kara, we're glad that you're here with us today. Thank you. I'm glad right. to be here. And then we have the four, our four pastors uh, as we. Were you wanting to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, my name is Spencer. <laughs> we know. You make sure to say your name first all the time. <laughs> but verses 22 through 24, we find here, says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. 
Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. If I'm being quite honest, I do not get nervous to preach a sermon like this because of the truth contained in it, I guess. I, I'm not nervous to say, listen, this is this is what it says. What what makes me nervous is I have never been a wife. I've never walked in the shoes of a of a wife. I don't and so it's hard for me to understand fully what women are hearing or thinking through when they read this passage. Again, I can do the I can do the work of Bible study and reading commentaries and do and doing all that, which I, I tried to adequately do. But I, I, it's hard for me to relate well. And so saying, well, how does this then play out? I don't necessarily feel comfortable doing that from the pulpit. For one, all marriages are going to look different in how this plays out within a marriage. But the Bible is specific here when it comes to wives with this word submit, which the commentators relate to when it talks about children and parents, obey, same type of word. Or when it gets down to slaves and slave masters, word used there, same type of same type of word. And so it's not something that we can avoid. Now, something I didn't say in my sermon, which uh, some of the more astute, I guess, people who study Greek and stuff would know, the word submit actually is not found in verse 22 in the original Greek. It's kind of a run-on sentence from verse 21 where it's just implied. Submit, everybody's submitting together. It's kind of like, so also wives to their own husband. And so some people have pushed back in this verse to say, it doesn't even say for the wives to submit. The problem is, Peter says it, and there's other places in Scripture that say it specifically, and so it's not something that you can run from. It's, it's definitely in the Bible there. And so my first task, I felt in my sermon, what I needed to do, and so you guys can jump in whenever you want if you have a thought on this, but it says, well, it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, okay? For husband is head of the wife, as even Christ is the head of the church, his body, and his, himself and Savior. But I really wanted to focus in on verse 24 because 24 says what this submission looks like. It says, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. My big question as I was studying is how does the church submit to Christ? What does that look like? What does the Bible say in this? And really, I was, I was talking with Spencer about this. <laughs> I could not find much written out there on it. When you, when you look up, how does the church submit to Christ? It goes to Ephesians 5. There really wasn't a lot of information that I could, could find out there. Um, and so I did find one article that I, that I liked and that I referenced in the, in the sermon to talk about how we as the church really look to our head and are willing to, to submit to Jesus in everything. And so I took a long time in the sermon to point out how we submit how we are to submit uh, to Christ as as the church, and how complete it really is. Um, and again, I think this is so. So, the words that I use is we submit through obedience, we submit through willingness, and this comes from Tim Challies as well. We submit through confidence, we submit to Christ through our actions, and we submit completely to Him. And and where I reference that from was how we see Jesus submit to the Father in Philippians. This is how he did it, and we are to replicate that as we submit to Jesus as our head. And so those are some heavy words. Obedience, willingly, we submit with confidence, we submit through our actions then, and we submit, this might be the biggest word, completely. And so we have these huge words of how the church submits to Christ, and then that's thrown on the wives, saying, wives, you submit also this way to your husbands. So I guess, ladies or, or guys, you can share. Just in hearing that, how does that make you feel? I mean, how does that, how does that come across? Then I know the conversation me and Spencer had, and and some of the thoughts that we had, which I will bring up if if we get crickets here in a moment. Uh, but what comes across to to you guys in thinking about that? Man, I have to submit to my husband as we submit to Christ. Seems heavy. I guess also, um, and maybe you've answered this in your sermon before and I just missed it, but going back to even like verse 21, like how does that submitting like parallel with this submitting? You know what I mean? Are they different? Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, I would say they're different. So we see here that we as Christians are all called to 
number one, submit to Christ. We submit to Christ. That's our main submission, I would say. But then we're all called to submit to one another. Now, this comes, I guess, to what me and Spencer were talking about. When the Bible tells us to submit to one another, the fact is, is if Pastor Dave is like, Tim, you need to submit to me. Okay, well, what are we going to do? I need you to kill somebody. <laughs> Wait a second. You just overstepped your bounds. You know, you overstepped your bounds. I can't do that. That is a sinful action. And so I can't, I can't be a part of that. And he can't then appeal to me saying, but it says you have to submit to me. No, I submit to Christ, and he's the perfect one to submit to because he's never going to ask me to sin. He's never going to ask me to do anything wrong. He is the perfect one there. And so there definitely are levels of submission because, uh, and and we kind of would have to rank them, and, and maybe we could do that, but there's Christians to each other. There's this submission within marriage. There's a submission that you are to have to your boss and to the, that who you work for. Children submit to parents. There's our submission to our civic leaders. Uh, there's uh, submission of church members to church leaders we see in Scripture. It says, obey your leaders, uh, and that's talking about the church there. So there's all these different levels of submission that are going on there. Uh, and so you have to be uh, careful because there's a lot of overlap, right? Uh, and I, I do think you could, I don't want to say rank. I think rank sounds like a a poor choice of words, but... I think there's times you have to choose who you're going to submit to because there's two of them are kind of contradicting mm. are going against each other. And so then there is sort of an, an order there. Mm-hmm. And so I guess a good example would be this wives submit to your husband's parents submit to your, or kids submit to your parents. I'm guessing all, I mean, all of you have parents who should you, who do you submit to first, your parents or to your husband? I think scripturally we'd say your husband. Is who that would be, yes. right? Yes. Uh, and so I think that's what falls in line here. I hope mm-hmm. that answers your question. So, A thought that I had, Tim, about this was when, it, when, it's talk, when you were explaining this submission here in terms of obedience and as referencing the church's obedience to Christ, I think sometimes like thinking about a wife submitting to her husband through obedience, there's connotations in our mind that, that we have like when we start talking about obedience language and like my mind went to like my children who I, who I teach to obey because they, they have a problem obeying many times. And that word specifically brings up like a sense of that. There's a sense of conflict almost. And I have to train my children to obey. And I think everybody here would agree that that's not like the main spirit of what this is talking about in terms of there in my household there is a conflict constantly going on and I as a husband am having to train my wife to obey me right that's not what it looks like you know the the times where that would ever happen in terms of where I would like we were talking about in our various relationships quote unquote pull rank or whatever in a christian household because of verse 21 would look very rare so like this idea of obedience is not it doesn't mean that there's this in a Christian home there is a conflict going on and it is the wife's role to constantly submit to a uh, husband's domineering authority over that. And you went over that in your sermon, but those are just the connotations that come across with the word obey, yeah. I think, and obedience. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the spirit of right. what this these verses are talking about, I think. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah. that was something that I had to think through mm-hmm. in your in your sermon. Uh, somebody asked uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones' wife, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, uh, asked her, Bethan, is that it? Yeah. Um, asked her, so you're telling me if the doctor woke you up at three in the morning and asked you to go get ice cream, you'd do it? And she said, yeah, but then I'd call the hospital because that man's gone crazy. <laughs> right? And that, that, and then that was her answer. Like, yeah, I'd obey. I'd go do it. But there's a problem with him and I'm going to, honor him by trying to find help for him because that's not a normal thing to do, right? That's a crazy thing to do. One of the things we have to be careful with is when scripture says something like this, that we find uncomfortable, whatever, whatever it might be, when we instantly try to find outs or scenarios where we're like, what about this? That's a problem. That's a problem. That's us pushing against it. And so, yeah. What if my wife, my husband is beating me? Okay. Yeah. Probably not. Probably don't need to obey. 
in that case. All right. But when we're always stretching it to these big negative things over there, uh, we I think that's a problem with our with our thinking. It's us looking for outs. It's us trying to try to twist scripture maybe to something we're a little more comfortable with. The fact is this word does say submit and we can't hide from that. Um, we do again, again, rooted in creation. Adam is created first. Adam is created or Eve is created from Adam and scripture is very clear. She's called a helper. She's called a helper there. And the man constantly is called the head of this, of this union. Uh, and we can't dodge that. We can't, we can't get away from that. But again, the, the question remains, which hasn't been answered yet, uh, the uncomfortableness with it and how you ladies specifically feel when you see that. Because I, I think I can speak for the other men here that it can be uncomfortable for us sometimes to have to teach that and talk about that, not really sitting in, in your seat of where you're at. Right. I, I agree with the obedience word bringing up uncomfortable feelings because it does make me think you know children and parents and a a very different type of dynamic not not a teamwork dynamic as with a husband and wife um I, I feel like that in in my marriage I don't have to think about the obedience word very much because Marty and I are very much good partners and we make a great team. It's not like he's domineering over me, but the obedience word does bring up some pause, you know, some, Mm -hmm. some like "Mm," some negative thoughts perhaps. Yeah. Now, and remember obedience is just part of the word submit. And so we're talking about kind of one aspect of submit. Yeah. But right. Yeah, I mean, so, so just answering the question, like, does it make you feel uncomfortable? But you got to remember, this is written to believers. And who are we submitting to? And if we're walking in Christ, and assuming our husbands are walking in Christ, we're submitting all to the same headship. So, I mean, personally, as a believer, it's not uncomfortable because we are doing it together in unity. Um, but if it's for somebody who's reading this that is not walking in Christ and not a believer, of course it's going to be like scare them, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, what does this mean? Like, mm-hmm. do I have to go get ice cream at three a.m. or you know? Do you guys feel any pressure though from society that that's wrong? Do you guys ever feel that way? I know because you you brought it up. It's about believers, right? And yeah, that we've been saying that only spirit filled people can live this right. way. That's what Paul's talking about. Do you ever feel pressure at all from maybe non-Christian friends or the outside world that you're just weird thinking that this is the way it should be? Definitely. I mean, right now there's the whole empowerment of women movement and you have your voice, you have your stance, make it known and don't back down. And that has gone through, you know, I've seen friends, it's gone through marriages of I'm the woman, I'm going to talk about it and I'm making this decision and obviously it ends in terrible marriages and divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've seen it played out personally with friendships. Mm-hmm. Anybody, anybody yes. else? Yes, um, to a degree. As as I've been a stay-at-home wife and a mom, I definitely have um, felt like people view me as weak mm-hmm. and, and uh, that I don't understand my value or that I'm not in some ways I'm not doing what I should be doing, you know, as a woman, I should be asserting myself and, um, being more bold about what I say or, or things along that line. And so, yes, I definitely see that there's a societal pressure that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I see it for sure. And, uh, and even you're taught it to where I remember when the me too movement first started happening, whenever that was a couple of years ago, three, I don't know, times went by COVID and all that. I remember thinking how scared to death I would have been to be a single guy then. Like, if I was a single guy then, I never would have approached a woman. Out of fear, I'm probably going to go to jail. I mean, if I tell her she's pretty, I'm overstepping my bounds. If I, you know, if I tell her I'm interested, I'm overstepping my bounds. If I want to buy her a drink, she's asking, what, you don't think I can afford that myself? Okay, I'm overstepping my bounds. I'm in trouble. Like, there was just this, I thought, man, that has to be so. And so then that kind of does then correlate being married of, of thinking, I think everybody's watching how I'm treating my wife all the time. And do they see me as a jerk because I say, no, we're not going to do that. We need to do this or, but whatever. I don't know, whatever the situation might be, there's this great fear and anxiety that I would feel 
like, man, maybe I am being domineering. You know, maybe I am because this is what the world is telling me. And the way we've always lived is kind of contrary to what they're saying. And so maybe I am sexist and all this stuff. You know, I, I mean, I've felt that. I don't know if you other guys have ever thought about that or felt that. You're probably better than me anyways. But <laughs> okay. Yeah, you are. You guys didn't say a word. Okay. Sweet. They agreed. Okay. Um, again, we were talking about obedience there. But what is important to remember is when we look about Jesus submitting to the Father and how we submit to Christ, there's a willingness to it, though, as well. And we see that Jesus, it says in his humility, put the Father before himself, willingly did the things that the Father had asked before the foundation of the world, knowing that this would happen, knowing what the outcome was going to be, death and all that, uh, willingly would go to to the Father. And so it's the same with us in our relationship to Christ and the church as, as individual believers, but then as the church, as we're gathered together, we do this willingly. We willingly, by faith, right? Grace through faith. And so we put our faith and trust in Christ saying, I believe you to be the Messiah, the Savior, the one who died for my sins. And we willingly go to him and and willingly lay our life down at his feet. And so then we need to correlate that as well then to wives also is a willingness to fall under the headship of the husband. I didn't bring this up. Yesterday, I just didn't think, think there was time, and we'll probably go long today, which is fine. But this really points to how important it is who you marry, mm-hmm. <laughs> the willingness part, and to remember that. You you willingly enter this covenant. Now, I know in other countries, they don't always have that, but here, for the most part, it's a willingness. We see a proposal, and you can say no. Right. <laughs> you know, uh but you have to be careful of who you marry and to make sure that you're coming in it together, as Alicia was saying, united to the same cause. And when I say the same cause, I mean the Lord, mm-hmm. that that is the focus of, of this marriage uh, and that you're both willingly doing that. Because I don't see how the willingness stuff could happen apart from that. Because then it will become an obedience thing. I'm going this way. You're going that way. Well, you have to obey yeah. me. Uh, and so it's very important. Um, maybe I should have mentioned it yesterday, but to all the people you know who aren't married or the younger ones as they're dating and doing these different things, it's it's a big deal of who you choose to marry because it has great ramifications down the road, uh, especially a non-believer and a believer marrying, which Scripture forbids says shouldn't be shouldn't be happening so there needs to be a, a willingness there uh, Jesus submitted with confidence uh, so having a confidence in your husband and again in what direction he's going what 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 is happening as a family but then it says submit through actions and I, I talked about how Jesus didn't just talk about being the savior he actually died he went through with it bore flesh died he's currently sitting at the right hand of the father there was there's action there and as a church, we need to have actions as well. We submit to Christ. What does that look like, though, in your guys' marriage? Because I wanted to give examples at that point, but I'm thinking I can't give examples because it's going to all be different. I don't, I don't know what that is. But So the action of submission, what does that realistically play out as? That might be a hard question to answer, I guess, at times, but... Maybe, and again, all marriages are different, so it can look different in different spots. But maybe you guys can think of an example of where, what, ladies, where you felt you were trying to honor your husband and submit to him in a way, and you were actively actively going about doing that. What does that maybe look like on a daily basis or maybe at a big moment in life? I don't know. Anything? Hmm. Um, this is like early, early on in our marriage. So we're still newlyweds, but, um, <laughs> you're like, what are you going to say? Uh, so we would joke around Scott's Mr. Dave Ramsey, right? So <laughs> he <laughs> is, yeah. I mean, it was a huge, huge point of conflict <laughs> in our, uh, early marriage. So that's why it first came to mind. But you know, you got the budget, you got to, he pulled up this whole Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> he got administrative on you early. So, okay. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> what the heck? Like, why? And then he's like, we got to save all of our receipts and record them on this. And I'm just like, 
I'm not doing this. Like, <laughs> like in my mind, like how I've done things in the past yeah. as an individual, uh-huh. with my finances, like I'm, ne- I'm fine. Like I've never like ran out of money. So we're good. <laughs> like we're just going to keep my system going. <laughs> and it, we were button heads at this for probably a couple of months on and off. Um, I'm just like, we're never going to get out of debt, blah, 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 it doesn't matter. And I'm, you know, on and off for a few months. And finally the Lord convicted me of like, he's not causing me to sin. Like mm-hmm. he's trying to lead our home and our future family at this point because he wants us to have financial freedom and all this. And I get it. Like, so I should understand his ways, even though it's ridiculous. We have to sit down <laughs> once a month, we'll open Excel spreadsheet, and like, record every single receipt. I've been like 50 receipts in my purse and pulling out, like, okay, put it in this line item. But uh, So, I mean, that, that was something that I was convicted of, I guess you would say submitting yeah. to him because he was leading mm-hmm. our family the best way he thought that he should be leading us early on. Yeah. And I was at first like, you're ridiculous. I'm going to go hang out with my friends and spend 50 bucks tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. That's a great example through, through conflict. Yeah. Uh, something that, you know, this is more like a, a leadership thing and stuff, but every team, even if they're all equal, someone has to make a decision. There's got to be a leader, right? You can't, no matter what it is, you can't have a bunch of different leaders making the decision. It's like, this is what we're doing. You know, we're split down the middle, but we got to have action here. This is the direction that we're going. And a lot of times that's what we think about, I think, when it when it comes to submission. But I'm guessing in your guys' relationships, that's not every day. That's not every day where the, some decision and it's like, well, we're kind of on the fence with this. But my husband said Taco Bell, so Taco <laughs> Bell. You know, our, I'm guessing that, again, that's not every day. But, but the act of submission is an everyday thing. And, again, I think it plays out differently in marriages and so I'm trying to get a peek into what that looks like I guess I don't I don't know how to fully answer because again I haven't walked in your shoes I could answer it from the man's side of how to lead I could think of failures I can think of successes and I could maybe talk about it from from that end but I don't want to I think for us too and like every marriage is a you know two different personalities come together and Mm so in our relationship I'm probably more the domineering personality and Spencer's more the soft, softer of us <laughs> at some points. I know is that shocking for everyone? <laughs> um, and so for me, sometimes it's more I need to be quiet instead of um, I don't know what's the good way to put it, babe. You're probably better well spoken than I in this, but um, I don't want to dominate. The <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say yes, it's too soft. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you, Courtney. I, was like, I can be more, yeah, I can be more aggressive in my approach sometimes. Yeah. And so I need to make sure that I am being actively submissive and um, not that he makes me, that maybe that sounds bad. Right. He's not making me feel um, like I can't have a, can't have a say or whatever. Um, I feel like we're very, very much a team in one sense. But um, so that's, that's it for me. Like I have to very much, I feel I need to make sure that I'm always in check, if that makes sense. Um, The same for for Marty and I. I'm a classic firstborn, take charge kind of person. And Marty is a classic thirdborn, easygoing. And and so in one way, we complement each other very well. But there there are times when I definitely need to, I realize I need to keep myself in check. Just pull back, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not be bossy and just let him do it. Yeah, right. Uh, I was thinking too, um, and this word's been used like partnership, you know, and going back to the idea of obedience, which you mentioned, which I thought was good. You know, like Angie and I, we got married young and we, I mean, all we've known is ministry. You know, we've, we got married and we I was in full-time ministry at that point and, you know, she joined me and I've learned, and you mentioned this, Pastor Tim, which I thought was really good, that there, there's times when it's like, okay, she's, she's wiser in this than I am. And she's got more, she's more discerning than me. I'm kind of like, Hey, let's do this. You know, I see everything like the glass half full and she's like, wait a second. There's been times in ministry, especially where she's like, you know, be careful with this person because there, there's some things there that I see some unhealthy patterns and they're taking advantage of you. I'm like, really? 
and and in the beginning especially and that was really helpful so i've learned to kind of like realize that there's times where instead of me just being hey we're gonna do this we're gonna do this like really listen to my wife and i think i think remember when abraham and sarah were you know when god said to abraham listen to your wife you know uh he made that clear with with the regarding with hagar and stuff and and there i think there's times where i've learned you know in our in our marriage together where I've had to kind of like, you know, what do you think, you know, about this situation? What, you know, what do you think about this? And there's, and there's many times where she's been more discerning and more wise than, than myself. And I think understanding our giftings and understanding our giftings within marriage is really important. So we can kind of work together and bounce ideas off of blend, if you will. Yeah, Dave, what you were saying there about like your relationship with your wife and that you you look to her for wisdom in certain things. You know, Tim, yesterday in your sermon, you had mentioned reading through Proverbs 31. And there's a verse in there, especially like if, like we said earlier, if you're looking at that thinking and we're thinking about who am I, who will I willingly submit to? At the same time, the husband thinking, like when I read through Proverbs 31 in verse 11, when it says the heart of her husband trusts in her, you know, a man looking for a wife should be asking who is a woman that I can trust that I can look at her judgment for. And that goes back to this idea of partnership. I know we're kind of, you're trying to talk about like the submission in our relationships, but at the same time, it's like there is a lot of trust here to where like, that's how the partnership works when it comes down to it. And like a, just like you said, a decision needs to be made. Like then, yeah, somebody has to step in and make that decision. But I feel like that happens for us. Maybe you I mean you can say something else, but we we set the priorities for our marriage, and so most day to day decisions are already made for us because like we've defined our priorities, and a lot sometimes I have to make sure that like our priorities are actually being met, that we're keeping the main things, the main things. Um, but that's why I don't. I guess that's why I'm having a hard time maybe thinking about how this comes up in a day-to-day thing. It's because we've already set our priorities, and we're in agreement about that. And so most of the time, she doesn't really have to ask me some a lot, like a big life decision or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what you all I, I I think what you're saying, Scott, is something that came to my mind, too, is that I— I don't know. I don't know what Courtney would have to answer, and other women, but like, I don't know how often you intentionally think— I am going to submit to him right now. Oh, they do it every day. Oh, your wife does that every day? No, no your wives oh, think that okay, all the time okay. is what I'm saying. Right. Um, every day you come home, it's like, all right, it's time. Uh, man, he, he's, he's <laughs> here, here we again. go. He's here again. He's going to talk about the Bengals losing. Um, but I think, and I don't know that if you're doing that, I don't know that your marriage is in a good spot. If you're having to intentionally, I think what kind of Scott, what you were saying about priorities, I was thinking in some ways, this isn't this is an intentional decision but also it's just the general shape of the way marriage should look. Um, marriage should have this general shape and one of the ways I, I guess one of the things that comes to my mind is is in our life and this is a broad sense but um, whenever we decided that you know I was going to pursue ministry, Courtney, always it wasn't like there was like this conflict in our marriage but it was like i was going to go to seminary she was going to work and then um then eventually whenever i became a pastor what i'm saying is in you know at my first church and then here there's been this general shape where it was just understood that we were going to have these general roles and uh we and it wasn't like i never felt like she was my inferior or whatever. We were just a team and in our marriage, each of us had these general shapes into where she was willing to support me and it was our ministry together. Um, and whether that was moving to Michigan, moving to outside of Flint or moving here, um, she's always been there. And that was, I don't know, necessarily a conscious decision to submit on her part, but just an embracing of that general place that she has in our teamwork that we have together as a couple. And and one more thing too that came to, comes to mind with the idea of submit. One I think what comes to our mind too is is always legal categories, mm-hmm. and that is there yeah. as if there's a hierarchy. But also, if you look at like Ephesians chapter four, mm-hmm. the idea of the head also is not simply a legal idea, but it's an organic idea mm-hmm. of nourishment. 
And when the wife embraces the general shape of submission to her husband, she's also embracing a very nourishing place in her life. Similarly, when the husband embraces his relationship to his wife and loves her and doesn't look at her as an impediment to his happiness, but as the the object and the person to love, then he's also in a good spot as well. They're, they're nourishing each other, actually. So I just think that's a helpful reminder. The idea of headship has not simply legal tones, but also just organic, like the vine and branches idea, or here the head and the body idea, that they're, they're growing together and being nourished and healthy. So actually, when the marriage takes this shape in each part, it's actually in a very healthy and nourishing relationship Mm -hmm. because if they're not embracing these general shapes again it's going to look different in each relationship but generally speaking then they're not going to be able to nourish one another and then that marriage starts to suffer Mm -hmm. i think um i don't know just some general ideas yeah amanda and i've been together for 24 years so we've been together since we were 15 and uh i remember right when we were getting in like high school and stuff, we'd been together for a few years at that point. One of her big statements was, I will never marry somebody who goes in ministry. And I know people laugh at it, but press the laugh button real quick. Put that laugh. I got it hidden. I don't know where it is, but the reason for it, I mean, not to be like diving into family stuff and all, but it, she had lived that for her whole life. And it wasn't necessarily something she's like, I want to do. I don't, I don't want to do this. I'm over this, um, which maybe us in this room can understand and relate to that others can't. But that was, I remember that being a big deal. Like, well, what am I doing then? Well, once when I felt like God was calling me into ministry, that was on my mind. Like, well, then that means Amanda's probably out, right? And so for me, it was two. There was actually two really big things when being called to ministry. It meant basketball was probably gone out of my life, and Amanda was now probably gone out of my life. That she but now you life. have both again. Yeah. You're coaching both basketball, and you have Amanda <laughs> and ministry. I mean, your life is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, but I mean, when you talk about her in submission, that that's there every day, mm-hmm. every day because. Um, I've always been try- I've always been very careful to try to gu- uh, guard her from a lot of things in ministry, probably too much so, to be honest with you. And she's even said that in the past, like, you're doing it too much. I need to be more involved in this or that. But I think a lot of it goes back to that. Of I'm trying to love her well, knowing I don't want her to be uh, hurt or something by something ministry-related or bring it home, you know, and say, ah, this is weighing on me or whatever. I don't want her to have to, to worry about that. But... I think it's an everyday thing because she was willing to still marry me and be a part of ministry. And yeah, like you guys said, this is just a, it's a daily occurrence of, I'm sure Kara Kara talked about birth order. We're both firstborns Mm -hmm. and we both are always right, no matter what. (laughs) And we agree to that. And she's better at being quiet and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not good at that. I want to prove to you that I am right. And, and so we will talk it through and, um, but she's definitely has been better at listening, you know, and, and taking me for, for what I am and, and not getting too frustrated and stuff. And, and so, yeah, it looks different. I think all the time, another thing around this table, I'm the oddball in my marriage. My wife works, she works outside of the home. And frankly, when I get with pastors, a lot of times they try to make me feel guilty, if I'm being honest, that my wife works out of the home. Like that's a sin or that's wrong. I don't feel that. I don't feel scripturally that that is necessarily true. And we always said in marriage, we'd love for her to not work. She probably, she says she would like that, but I don't think that's true, uh, really. Um, but that's uh, another thing that's different in our marriage. And so it's like, well, how does this all play out and work? You know, because... Because of her working in uh, outside of the home, I tend to do a lot more of stuff at home. I'm the one taking kids to the doctors a lot of times because my schedule is a little more fluid. I can change things around. You know, well, are you guys switching roles? Are you guys switching positions? No, I don't think so. I think I'm trying to love her well, lead my family. I can drive to doctor's appointments. I can't answer questions very good. What's their birthday? <laughs> I don't know. There's four of them. <laughs> it's one of these four birdies. 
<laughs> yeah, tell them. Tell them your birthday. <laughs> Stuff like that slips my mind at times. Uh, but it does look different. And I say that purposefully because a lot of people in the outside world would look at Christian marriages and say that's what it is. The husband goes and works. The wife has to stay at home. That's what they do. I, I would tend to say that's not, not the case in ours. And I still think we're trying to be faithful yes. in a Christian in a Christian marriage. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to say to that. All you who have your wives work at home. No, I, I from from an outsider looking in on you and Amanda's uh, marriage, I, I think you do it well. I mean, I, I see that you share responsibilities for your family and you adjust to the responsibilities that each of you have with your jobs. I think that you do a good job. It, it's good for us to see that. And we're at different stages in this room with our children. Uh, so like a little peek into my our life last week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we were in the gym for basketball games for different children. So every single night. So uh, me and Amanda's schedules normally, we get up at 6 in the morning. We're out the door around 7. Well, I leave earlier to take kids to school. I come back to pick up more kids to take them to school. She goes off to work. We normally don't walk back into the door of our house until 9 o'clock or later. Every day. That's our, that is our life during different sports seasons. And so... Our life is hectic, at, to say the least, at times. And <clears throat> again, I think when the outside world or even maybe church members look at their pastors, they think, well, probably at five o'clock, they're eating dinner, <laughs> they're praying together, they've, they've went over some theological discussion at dinner time, they probably sang a couple songs <laughs> together, some hymns, and then they get the kids in bed at 7.30, and then husband and wife have their devotion time, and they pray together and hold hands together, and, and, and then they go to bed. You know, and that's that's what it's like. And I'm here. To, that's not it for me anyways. Um, and maybe my life is too. Maybe our life is too busy. And that's something that could be looked into for sure. But um, that's not how it is. Is that how you guys, Spencer? What's the question? Eat dinner at five. No, not Lord's always prayer. at five. Sing no, hymns. usually. Sing how many hymns? What hymns do you guys sing? <laughs> usually we sing... Every tune is to let all mortal flesh keep silence. Okay. Um, we usually keep to that. And then the Apostles' Creed usually. And, um, you know, usually I try to put my nightcap on <laughs> about 745. Courtney gives me my evening foot rub. And then I... I <laughs> you let her go to bed? Yes, I say you are released. You may go while I play NBA 2K22. <laughs> you are released. Um, I think it's different too. Like we have younger kids, and that's so, what I yeah yeah. It's just different stages and, of life, right, right? Right, and so ours are they need to be in bed by seven thirty or no yeah. one's happy, right? And right. so um, yeah, like you said, just different different stages of life. And Kara, your kids are all twenty three to yeah. five, so it kind of encompasses all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I mean, you experienced for a while before Naomi right. was born, the older, like, right. and I know when, your kids are involved in sports and different activities. And so your guys' house from the outside, to me, seems so draining and hectic. Because on top of it, you let every single youth come to your house every night. Right. So right. you'll have 30 yeah. people in your house, to which me, I'm like, I would die in that situation every, every once in a while i just shut myself in my room but most of, <laughs> most of the time most of the time i love it and and marty and i have a really good working partnership we complement each other very well um i feel like we have fairly traditional roles as far as marriage goes for the most part marty works i stay at home but uh, when we were talking earlier this is kind of backtracking a little bit when we were talking about earlier about uh having to think about submitting. It's not something I think about all the time. It mm -hmm. does not come to my mind mm -hmm. on a daily basis at all. Early in our marriage, um, he was a school teacher for uh, 20 years and we started in his hometown in just a little tiny town in Waldron at just a mm -hmm. farmer town, you know, mm -hmm. and that was, uh, I loved it there. And then he felt like the Lord was calling him to teach in Detroit. And we're talking like downtown Detroit, inner city. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, I think I should go teach at Detroit. And I said, okay, that's fine. I said, I just, I re really would like to not live in the inner city if we don't have to. And, and that was it. I mean, there was no discussion or anything. And I heard him talk to people about it later that he was really surprised by that. Like he thought that we'd have to really agonize over that and I wouldn't want to do it. But, you know, if he says to me, 
I feel like the Lord wants me to go to Detroit, I'm not going to argue against that because I know Marty loves the Lord and he tries to follow him and serve him. And I trusted him for that because of the way we do have a good relationship. I trust Marty, you know, and I trust him with me and how he cares about me. So I was able to say that and, and I didn't realize to him until, I didn't realize until later when I heard him talking about to other people how much of a blessing that was to him. Mm-hmm. But it really wasn't because of something great that I did. It was because how Marty lived his life, you know, how he treated me that yeah. made it easy for me to say that. And I like that all of you guys have said that, that you don't think about submission a lot. You don't think about it. And I have come across women, to be fair, I've had I've had to talk with them, you know, pastorally or whatever. And it seems as if submission comes across a lot to them. And I don't know how that relationship is playing out, but it always seems maybe a little unhealthy, mm-hmm. maybe a little more domineering or whatever. Again, I don't get too involved at those times, but you know, I'll hear things just said. It's like, well, I got to ask my husband, but not in a way of a loving nature way. It's almost like I need permission uh, here mm-hmm. for this. And um, I'm thankful to not hear that from from you guys um, but I did, I did mention, I can't remember if it was last week or before. I just, I, I like having this discussion with all of you here because it's a good, I think hopefully a peek into marriage and as Christians try to live this out, I, I can't remember, I don't, I don't remember what week it was, but talking about how life gets hectic. We were just talking about that. And when that happens, when kids get involved and you have, you have a bunch of them, which all of us have kids, uh, different ages, and just life, you know, us with two jobs and, and just the different things that are going on, it's hard to have the relationship that you thought you would have. You know, like, you should have date night every week. <laughs> no, way. No, no way. That's not, we do, over popcorn from the concession stand watching our kid play basketball mm. or whatever. If you want to count that a date with the other kids around and everybody crazy, that's just, that'd be nice, but I just don't think that that's real. And so... What has happened with us uh, at times is the honest discussion. We had this, I remember last year on vacation. Do you like me? (laughs) Serious. I mean, I mean this in all honesty. I was feeling that heavy. Like, I don't think, I don't think she likes me. I think she thinks I'm mean. I think she thinks I don't think about her. I think this is what I think. Well, then I come to think, I found out she thought the same. And what happened was busyness. I mean, just mine and Amanda's schedules don't match well. What I mean by that is she teaches, and so she doesn't get days off except for summer. I pass her, and I don't get summer off. We're very busy in the summer here at this church, and so it's really hard for me to take time away in the summer uh, to just focus on family or whatever. It'd be easier for me to do that like now in the winter thing, but no, she's busy. You know, she can't, she, she cannot do that. And so life just kind of crept in and again, trying to be faithful, trying to be faithful at church, at our work, with our kids doing all this, it gets to the point where within the marriage, I don't want to say you're dividing or separating, but life is just happening. And so it needs, I'm bringing this up because of this point that I talked about. One of the things of submission is to honor your husband. And when I hear that word as a husband, I think I want to know that you like me. That's how you honor me. I actually know that you still care. You're still on board. We're still going in the same direction uh, because we have made decisions that we're going to get married. We made a decision. We want to have kids. Okay. We've had three. Now we make a decision. We want to do foster care. All right. This is bringing a lot on. And the next thing you know, I haven't talked to you in five days. Honestly, I haven't had a real discussion with you in five days. And I feel like we are, are we on the same page still? You know, and I, I want to bring that out because I, I think other people probably go through that stuff. But you'd have to have those discussions. Right. And it needs to be open. And this is where the trust comes in that I can open myself to ask the question, Are you, right. do you still like me? <laughs> right. You know, uh, I know this sounds weird. We've been married for almost 20 years. Check the box. Yes, no, or maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Slide the note <laughs> under the bathroom door. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> could you tell me this? Uh, but I just wanted to be a little vulnerable in that to say that I think that this happens even in good marriages and it's just part of, of life. And I don't want people to get frustrated 
I think you got to guard it and you have to recognize it, you know, like, right. These are the decisions we made. We let our kids join the basketball team. Uh, foster care was a big one. We chose to do this. Right. <laughs> Maybe it was a bad decision. No, I don't want to say that. Right. It was a difficult decision. We didn't, what I should say, we didn't know what it all entails. You know, visits with parents twice a week and this. Oh, my gosh. Now, that, I had all this stuff, but it causes stress within the family. But you have to still be focused, like uh, Scott and Elise were talking about. Like, But this is what we've set. These are our priorities. And so we're going to keep going. But in our marriage, and that, I, I think this is why Paul talks about this relationship, well, our relationship with Christ first, but then marriage. you got to make sure that that is going well. Right, right. Or I- else the other stuff's going to fall apart. Right. Marty and I had a stage like that too, especially when we were in transition from when he went from being a full-time teacher to we own a commercial cleaning business now. And there was a time there where when he was a teacher, we had a pretty traditional day. You know, academia is an excellent um, lifestyle for a family. You know, when Marty was at school and he'd come home and we'd have supper, you know, it was a classic kind of day. But when that transition happened and he was teaching and cleaning and going Mm -hmm, to work mm -hmm. our life was crazy and we didn't have those conversations like you and amanda you know and and date night has i don't even know what that is right yeah and so after a while we without even trying we set up um it just ended up being on sunday afternoons we called it a meeting we we need to have a meeting and that was like we we, i haven't talked to you for five days (laughs) you know are we still on the same page what's happening this week that was how we continued our teamwork mm-hmm. you know that that's how we stayed um working together as a team and that's where submission falls in because we we had to make that effort to meet for 20 minutes at the table to figure out what was going on mm-hmm. so we know we're on the same page so i can be doing what he wants me to do or what he needs me to do that, yeah that and that's good to hear because these guys like I get to hear their relationship. I say these guys. I'm, I haven't. No, I don't know Pastor Dave well enough yet to say this about him. But Scott and Spencer, I feel like you guys talk to your wives all day, every day on your phones, what through texting. I like. There's times I'm like, I think Alicia just called Scott to say what she saw at Walmart. Like the cereal was on sale, so I got some cereal. And then I went down to this aisle. And she's just walking down the aisles, and they're on the phone. And I'm like, does that really happen in it's their a marriage? Good day. Oh, at Aldi. It's a good day if Scott responds to my text. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, but like. <laughs> so, he's, so he's not talking to Alicia. He's talking, he's talking to, to somebody else. <laughs> he's talking to somebody world. else. I don't know who it is. If I really need to get him to respond, I have to send a really funny GIF. And then <laughs> you know his love language. You. you know his love language, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z humor. Yeah. Got him. Oh, no, I. I tried making her a cup of coffee yesterday, and she did not want to drink it out of the cup that I gave it to her in. What was it? I was there. It you was set it a, up on the counter and everything. So I this made it, it was ready for her when she got to what church. What was the cup? It was a Dragon Ball Z cup. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. drink out of that either. It changes color when there's hot liquid <laughs> That's in it. ridiculous. It was a gift from Spencer That's and ridiculous. Courtney for my birthday. That's crazy. I just think I say that because I think, again, relationships are different. My, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, I go hunting with my brother-in-law a lot. We'll go for the week he's on his phone with her constantly. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? What do you have to say to her this often? And I'm like, I'm doing something wrong because I call her and we're like, how you doing? Good. I'm doing pretty good too. All right. Well, we'll talk tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, that's kind I of wonder how too if some of it is like how, how you have seen marriage done. And like, uh, maybe. so like for Spencer's parents, we kind of use them as our example a lot. Like that's how they are. They talk all day, every day. You have something you want to talk to him about. You just call him or you just mm-hmm. text him or, um, and it's funny because we've said that, like, oh, we're mirroring his parents in that way. <laughs> I mean, they have a great relationship. Yeah, and sure. It's, and even, like, in the submission thing, I wonder how much, if you've seen it done well, mm-hmm. is it easier? You know what I mean? Um, I think some of it, too, is, I know we've talked about birth order a couple of times, but we're both, mm, like, yeah, right. we're both goal-oriented and, and stuff. And so when I talk to Amanda, what do I need from the grocery store? Tim, you need to get milk, this, this, and this. All right, thanks. Bye. You're I'm getting it. Yeah, and right, we're right. going to do it. I'm not, I don't need the pity little stuff which maybe she needs sometimes and i need to help with that you know more talk but i don't get that from her at all if i'm gone 
in a way, and I'm like, I got to call home because she's probably mad I haven't called home. It's usually the opposite. I call her, she's like, I am busy. Yeah, I have mean? all the kids yeah. and you're gone without them. What's going on? <laughs> Stop calling me. <laughs> That's usually more how it more how it goes. But I, I do. I'm like, well, that doesn't seem what they're doing. And But I think it's just a difference in personality and in, and in relationship. And I think just so. need to all understand that. Yeah, and I think, you know, this is kind of interesting because Angie and I will be together uh, married 22 years. You know, we, mm-hmm. we got married young and, you know, we've had... We, you know, we, Ange decided, we, we had kids later because we did schooling and all that. And she decided she wanted to do homeschooling and I was very supportive of that, you know, and she wanted to be homeschool when she was young and her mom's like, no, go to school. You know, <laughs> I can't do that. Um, and so, and then my wife's had a lot of health issues. And so when she had a major like health issues in 2016, we kind of, we kind of flopped and I was the primary, I mean, L- Lena was only two, so she was real little, but I was the primary, like overseeing their school and it was like she was trying to recover and and, you know all that and doing doing uh, pt and so forth and so i had kind of switched roles where i had to kind of put myself in her shoes i'm like wow this is really hard i think i took it for granted you know because i'm off doing ministry and she's raising the kids and it's like trying to oversee like luke was like first grade i think and how much she does for their schooling and I don't do it really that well like she does <laughs> but I learned to partner with her yeah you know and even you know when 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 she was better I still was involved um to some degree and I'm glad that we went through that I mean and she would say she's glad too even though it was really hard because she suffered and there was a lot of you know a lot of like uncertainty about the future and it really kind of it kind of brought us together in some ways because I realized how much she does and and how i've kind of just taken that traditional role i'm working in your home and it's like okay now i want to you know come alongside of her and i don't i don't i didn't do it the best you know i still don't cook worth a squat <laughs> you know, I, should, I need to learn how to be better at make i can make popcorn spencer could help you with that okay yeah i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah i married courtney that's how i, <laughs> right. so I solved my problem i married an italian who's Ooh, just like amazing yeah. so like oh Oh. But, you know, I, I, I'm glad that, that we had that because it helped me not to take her for granted, sure. you know, and it really gave me an appreciation for all that she does. Because sometimes I think wives feel pretty much like, you know, I'm just doing all this stuff and you're off doing your work and you're meeting mm-hmm. and doing whatever, and they can feel taken for granted. I know she did, so I'm thankful that that happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, just going back to where, you, you know, in the past y'all have had conversations of like, do you like me? Are we even mm-hmm. a thing? You know, we've had that before, like before – what? Oh, sorry. Like before we moved here, like our our life was hectic. I was working, he was working like basically two and a half jobs, mm-hmm. and, you know, two small kids and whatever. But um, if you take it with the scripture context of, we could take it out of the scripture context of, well, this is just how my husband's leading the home, so I'm just going to obey it. I'm not going to say anything. I'm really bothered. I'm hurt. Our relationship's crumbling, but I'm just going to obey. Like that. That's not what God is intending. But sadly, that's mm-hmm. how a lot of women do take that look. Like, mm-hmm. I, I cannot bring a conflict to, to my husband. Um, that's how a lot of homes have been structured. Yeah. But because our homes are in that structure, if we can come to them, like, as a woman, woman or man, but uh, it, with that submission. And that's, you know, another example of how that looks like is mm-hmm. women can bring conflicts to their husbands and issues going on in their heart and still feel like they are being submissive and obedient so sadly i've seen that played out a whole lot women are completely miserable because that's just how their husband does things they never speak about it because it is going to be condescending or whatever but yeah so that was just a something i was Mm going to point out that i mean i I know from my standpoint i would want to know that stuff right away it's the same in the church you know as pastors are like I'm hearing this and I'm hearing this. Like, what is true? Do you, are you mad about this? I need you as a church member to tell me. I can't fix anything unless I, I know what's going on. Right. And it'd be the same way in, in that marital relationship. It's like, yeah. you need to tell me if, you know, if, if you don't like this or, or if, mm-hmm. you know, if this is happening, you're not hurting my, I guess it could hurt my feelings, but it, that's better. Mm-hmm. Hurt my feelings so that we can be better off in the end. Yeah. I mean, of all the couples sitting at the table, I'm pretty sure we've been married the least amount of time. And I know for, that was a big thing for me as a as a young husband, Alicia's willingness to come and tell me when either I was actually doing something that was hurting her or that she didn't like, or if there was just something generally going on, like the ship is sinking <laughs> and I don't see it. Yeah. You know, and uh, 
it took me a while to learn like the cues, you know, from my wife to be able to ask the question or like know that, hey, we need a meeting, like you were saying, Kara. And it, uh, and I'm just very thankful that my wife is willing to do that, even still to this day, of like bringing stuff up in a gentle way, in a respectful way, never accusing me, but just wanting to talk about it. Um, yeah, so that, that's that been very helpful and important. Good. Well, I think we need to finish this. This is the longest one we've done, almost at an hour here. Uh, anybody have anything they need to say? Nan, go ahead, Kara. I'd like to say one thing. Um, you know, I've talked about how Marty and I have a very good marriage, and, you know, I know he cherishes me and honors me. And when it comes to me struggling with submission, I'm going to be honest and say it's not because of Marty. It's because of me. Hmm. You know, it's because of me being selfish for the most part, wanting what I want. And what what that really means is I'm putting on the focus on myself yeah. at that point. Um, for me, submission, when it plays out in my day-to-day life, it's me keeping my focus off myself, my focus on Marty, what he needs, how I can serve him, how I can love him instead of getting selfish and thinking it's all about me. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I do a good job at that, which is definitely not all the time, our, our relationship goes much better. And I feel like that um, submission in all aspects is part of that. That's part of submission in, in every way. When yeah. we submit to one another in the body, in in our church, that's how we do it, by focusing on them and their needs and how can I serve them instead of myself. I just yeah. want to say that. Yeah, how that's, it, that's how it plays out in mm-hmm. my everyday life is... Mm-hmm not being selfish and honoring one another above myself. Yeah, that's good. Well, I hope that you continue to join us uh, in the book of Ephesians next week. Uh, we'll be looking at our next next little section there, which I think ends chapter five, actually, all the way to verse 33 there at the end. Uh, this one's more on, on husbands on their side to love their wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. And so we'll be focusing on that uh, this week. Uh, if you ever have any questions, please see one of us, Pastor Dave, Pastor Scott, Pastor Spencer, or myself uh, about the sermons or whatever. Uh, we could always bring that up here in the sermon recap or also on a podcast. We're are always you, are looking you for saying topics. they could submit their questions? <laughs> yes, I am too. Okay. Sorry for that. Welcome to my life. <laughs> Oh, no, but I'm glad that you uh, uh, stayed and, and listened. But we do look forward to seeing you this Sunday. Hope you have a blessed week. God bless.